0: Warning, this episode contains foul language, discussions pertaining to religion versus science, and more than our usual amount of shouting.
1: It' weird. The podcast for all things strange, bizarre, psychedelic, mysterious, extra hairy, ancient, full of conspiracies, and everything in between. Each week, we sit down with a guest or just each other from across the country, and we talk about something weird. And this week, we are starting a series on all things evolution. We are so excited to dive into the ever-changing genes and habits and brain power of the creatures of our world. Why are our human brains so advanced? Why are we evolving so quickly? How is it possible that some people even try to fight the theory of evolution? Why is science the freaking coolest? We are going to try and answer these questions and more as we talk about the fascinating and ever evolving evolution theories complete with chaos and science and a little bit of conspiracy. My name is Lauren and this is my lovely co-host Ashley.
0: Hi weirdos.
1: And joining us today, big surprise, we have a guest. It's your absolute favorite guest on the show, and I would say Ashley's favorite person, full stop, it is Handsome Joe. Hey, hey, hey.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why? Try Why?
2: something new. Trying it's been a while. Trying trying something new. And also it because it has been a while, I do feel compelled to tell you. Ashley knows this, but Lauren, you don't know, listeners, you are currently unaware. I am now going uh as the the artist formerly known as Joe. Oh
0: formerly known as Joe or formerly known as handsome Joe?
2: No, the artist formerly known as Joe i am right, just okay. a, i am i am I am my mm-hmm. own symbol at this point. It's nothing like the prince symbol. I we'll am excited to, to this see the symbol in a in a future episode <laughs> but i've I've been really tinkering with something you know, kind of using uh you know the infinity symbol as a jumping off point, so
1: okay. Wow. The infinity yeah, so, symbol is something like hovering above it, maybe just, a little. The I, the on.
2: idea of uh, my uh, completely asinine talking points being limitless, so sure, yeah, <laughs> sure, something, sure, sure.
0: something like that. <laughs> I
2: like it. Hi everyone, it's good to be back.
0: <laughs> Hi, Joey. Welcome back. It's Thanks great for to coming be on.
2: Here. I've been I've been working real hard uh, out there in uh, the professional world lately. And uh, yes. it's good to be able to uh, take off my monkey suit and uh, get back to some some good old-fashioned podcast hijinks. Yeah, Amen. and also talking
0: about monkeys.
2: Yeah, I cannot wait.
0: You know, when I went on uh, Losers Club last week, I and they asked like what do you have coming up for keep it weird and I was I told them you know we just did this alien series it was really fascinating and now we're going to be talking about evolution and they were like the movie and I was like mm-hmm. we can we can certainly bring up the classic uh That's going to be part 3 actually <laughs>
2: As much as for Ashley would nothing. love to spend an hour talking about David Duchovny, that will not
0: be happening. No, I don't not think we're going to get to the f- film Uh, but we have a lot of cool stuff in store for you guys today and Joey's actually going to start us off we literally asked him to come on this episode because of his love for anthropology you know he was an anthropology minor right you know everyone's
2: (laughs) well aware of the five semesters that I spent as an anthropology minor right
1: I think he mentioned it once or twice (laughs) once or twice in the past
2: (laughs) hey not everybody can lend 15 to 18 18 college credits worth of ex- expertise yeah. to a podcast. Yeah. I mean, I so. can't.
0: Hey, I've never taken an anthropology nothing. class.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't we, knock it. Ashley and I have zero, so please bring yeah. your knowledge. We are ready for it. Bring us your knowledge. And the
2: good news is, I mean, the, the, the last little bit of good news before I, I dive in here is that the overwhelming majority of the time that I spent as an anthropology minor was also before I got really into weed. So oh. a lot of that stuff, a lot of the information stuck around.
1: Wow, good, good. I love it. Before the memory but just I don't, p-
2: I don't do that stuff anymore.
1: No, of course. Sure, sure, sure. Getting, sure, high, sure,
2: getting sure. high on life. So what am I gonna be talking about today? <laughs> I am going to be talking about uh one of the more recent blocks of time in human evolution. It is specifically the Neolithic Revolution. Also referred to as the agricultural revolution. Aren't everybody's balls just exploding with excitement <laughs> yeah, as I say absolutely. the words agricultural revolution? <laughs> oh my God. I know just my heart is racing. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ooh, boy. Hold on a second. Let's go. Let me compose myself. So uh, this is a period of time that began approximately 12,000 years ago, and it lasted until essentially the onset of the Bronze Age, around 3300 BC. Okay. So the reason that I wanted to pick this specific time period in human evolution was because you know how we take a look at our culture over the course of the last like forty or fifty years, and we think like, "Wow, this is unrecognizable to the world yeah. that our parents were born into." And, and and if we're talking about a scale of you know a hundred years or fifty years, then yeah, the last fifty years probably take it. But the amount of societal and cultural advancements during the Neolithic evolution—this is the period of time in which. Human beings start themselves and the world they live in starts to resemble the world that we have inherited ourselves. Interesting. So this is where like the modern world kind of begins to take shape. So as I said, it's referred to as the first agricultural revolution beginning with the ending of the most recent ice age. In this when that when that came to a close now, during the most recent ice age, the specific challenges that we as a species faced as we stared down extinction were numerous, they were daunting, and unsurprisingly, because necessity is the mother of invention, we came out of the last ice age as the greatest problem solvers walking the earth at that time, ever before we, at that period of time had begun our ascent to the top of the food chain because yeah. of No other reason (laughs) than our brains. It was just our brains that enabled us to do that. So, this is arguably the greatest spike in cultural and social advancement in human history. It's the beginning of our time as the lone species of human walking Earth. Now, at one point in time, this is bananas. There were as many as nine different species of human walking the Earth simultaneously.
1: Isn't that so weird to think of? Like, you look over and think,
0: you're kind of like me, but you're not, and you're kind of scary. (laughs) <laughs> it will probably never happen again because in order to no. do that, you have to be so isolated to create exactly. a new species. So it, it will pr- never happen again on this planet. But the fact that it, it was like that just one time about is just it crazy. Is crazy. The,
2: the only way that we as a species could possibly splinter off into separate branches of our own species would be if and when we leave the planet yeah so if if and when there's a period of time in which some humans leave the planet and colonize elsewhere while some humans stay behind that is the only way unless you know um uh, the total collapse of society as we know it in conjunction with a bunch of volcanoes separates (laughs) us all for (laughs) thousands of years again yeah you know it takes a long time for a human being to evolve whether that's you know, uh, genetically or just culturally. So, yeah, it, right. it would basically take space exploration at this point. Sure. So, anyway, back to the agricultural <laughs> revolution. <laughs> Earlier technological advancements of Homo sapiens had led directly to the extinction of Neanderthals and the Denisovans, who, interestingly enough, are a subspecies uh, along our ancestral tree, so newly discovered that at no point in time during my studies as an anthropology minor (laughs) did I ever read the word Denisovan. Isn't that crazy?
1: Yeah. Even doing research for this episode, I was reading all of these articles that were dated like 2019 and 2020, 2020 2021 of all of these new things and the Denisovids were mentioned. And I was like, excuse me,
2: we're just, (laughs) what what
1: is that word? Yeah. How are we just finding this? Which is very exciting.
2: But like the Neanderthals, which, you know, in the last five years, I want to say maybe more who can, who's to say COVID ruined me (laughs) in the last semi, semi very recent future. Um, it was uh, proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that all humans carry trace amounts of Neanderthal DNA. Yeah, all humans also carry trace amounts of Denisovan DNA. Wow. So the the, the Neanderthals and the Denisovans—they just simply could not keep up with this new and improved Cro-Magnon human. Um, but in a way, they live on forever. We ca- yeah. we carry their genetic code. We carry them
0: with on. us. So They're with us forever.
2: which feels nice, you You know, when I tuck tuck myself into bed at night. (laughs) I say goodnight, Ashley, and she says goodnight, and I say goodnight, Penny, goodnight, Frankie, and then they say goodnight, and I say goodnight, Jesus, and then Jesus (laughs) says goodnight, and then I say goodnight, Neanderthals and Denisovans, and then they say...
1: (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part of all of that was that Penny and Frankie said goodnight.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they did.
1: They do, Uh, every night.
2: They don't normally come out of their shell and speak out loud, (laughs) but for for the good nights, we always do. That's very Um, sweet. So this is the period of time, again, talking about the agricultural revolution. I'm trying (laughs) to spice it up a little bit here. This is the period of time during which our ancestors largely abandoned the hunter-gatherer lifestyle that they had lived for over a million years previously in favor of a stationary life supported by our newfound ability to domesticate plants into crops and animals first into farm equipment and then into sustainable sources of their own food like milk and eggs. And this is where we as a species no longer need to follow the seasonal migrations of our favorite foods and forage for berries and plants. It's when we start to be able to practice deforestation clearing forests to make way for nice level farm fields we develop irrigation allowing us to deliberately transform the landscape to better suit our needs love it pretty That's cool sick. huh
0: very cool what and you know humans. the where we got that idea right where Kitsaquhal
2: anyway moving on okay <laughs>
0: yet to be confirmed and also also
2: quetzalcoatl just so you know ashley quetzalcoatl is thousands of years later so get with the program OK, fine. <laughs> so this this newfound ability of human beings to farm produce on a large scale not only allowed us to stop moving and set down some roots, but it allowed for societies and population centers to expand exponentially, leading to the first permanent settlements like Jericho in the West Bank of Palestine or uh, the you know, uh, Mesopotamia, Babylon um so uh, enhanced trade comes about at this period of time as well expanding our horizons exposing ourselves to new cultures and their ways of life which continues idea sharing and problem solving it's a period of time when villages became towns and towns became cities isn't wow. that beautiful
0: yeah it's it's so a beautiful beautiful world
2: I'll go over more a little bit later on, but it's a period of time that ushered in written language, pottery, polished stone tools, architecture, specialized labor, um the 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 smelting of al- of of minerals and metals to create alloys. It's just really 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 incredible. So, things really start to pop off about 10,000 years ago. It's popping off in the Fertile Crescent, everybody. Where's the Fertile Crescent? Anybody know? Anybody Africa. on this on this chat? Africa. Okay. Uh, Lauren, any any guesses? Uh,
1: no fertile. No, I have nothing.
2: The Fertile Crescent. Obviously, it's crescent shaped. And it's a it's a piece of land that stretches from the lower Nile in Egypt, which is counterintuitive because that's actually the northernmost part of Egypt because the Nile flows from south to north. Yeah. So ironically, the northernmost part of Egypt is the Lower Kingdom, and the lowermost part of Egypt is the Upper Kingdom. How about I was that? was close.
1: Way to twist it.
2: Yeah. No, actually Ash- I mean, Ashley, you're technically not wrong. The western boundary is absolutely in Africa. The eastern boundary is is a stretch of land known as Mesopotamia. Mm -hmm. Anybody know where Mesopotamia is? Modern Uh, day globe?
0: It's made up. It's a fake place. It's not. (laughs) Okay, no. It's a real place
2: (laughs) that today, it's almost (laughs) exclusively within the borders of Iraq. Oh, Oh,
1: okay. Sure, That's. I was going to say that. I was going to guess Iraq.
2: I know you were. You were so close. <laughs> I, I heard it. it was on the tip of your tongue, and then right you were like, no. Right after
1: fake no. place was <laughs> rock.
2: Yeah. So the the word Mesopotamia in Greek translates to between two rivers. So you've got the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers there. You've got the Nile River in Egypt. That's where the fertile part of Fertile Crescent comes in because, okay. again, it's, this is the agricultural revolution. You need to be able to irrigate your fields so these civilizations had to spring up next to not just big water sources, but big water sources that had a current to them. So all of the major, the beginning, the the, the beginning of modern civilization, this is technically, you know, after the Neolithic re- Revolution, but uh, the Egypt, the kingdoms of Egypt, Mesopotamia and Babylon, Indus Valley, they're all situated around massive rivers. Okay. So... The first big agricultural step undertaken during this period is the selective breeding of grasses, wheat, corn, barley. This is like our R&D period in which we're figuring out what's easy to grow, what's a bitch to grow, what tastes good, what tastes like shit. Right. This is where we're like figuring out how to farm things. I mean,
1: when you said agricultural revolution, I just imagined a bunch of wheat blowing in the wind. So I'm glad we're, we're getting there.
2: Yeah. Not too far off. And then after the grasses, we moved on to lentils, flaxseed, chickpeas, figs. After we developed the fig, shortly thereafter, we developed the Fig Newton. This is a really <laughs> important period of time for, oh. for snacking purposes.
1: Of course. <laughs> thank God for the evolution of the Fig Newton. Yes, thank God.
2: Fig Newtons. Here's the thing about Fig Newtons. Brief sidebar. Fig Newtons. The first Fig Newton can't be beat. Nothing comes close to the first fig newton. The fourth fig newton is disgusting. That's when it's <laughs> it's time too much to word it away. The, t- the tipping point, I think, is two fig newton. I think yeah, so. I think two and a half.
0: You can't go newtons. more than two Wait, and a half. Also, no,
2: it's just diminishing do returns. Do they
1: still exist? I feel like I haven't seen fig newtons oh, in the store. Of course. Okay, well. Go down that
0: cookie aisle, babe. Oh, dang.
2: They have to exist, but I think the problem is they all get snatched up at 6 a.m. by all the senior yeah. citizens who are doing their shopping. Fair, then. fair, fair, fair. So.
0: There's never any left by the time our lazy asses get right. to the store.
2: Nope. So as I mentioned previously... The domestication of animals happened concurrently with this spurned on by necessity. So animals that produced milk or eggs or possessed traits that were suitable for hard labor were prioritized. Animals that were reliable sources of hide, you know, leather or wool were close to follow. But even animals that just stood around and pooped all day like my cats (laughs) weren't entirely (laughs) left out of the equation because fertilizer Fertilizer, was almost as valuable as anything to a farmer in the Neolithic period. So lastly, even though they weren't really used for farming, camels and their domestication is a really important thing that happens in this period of time because they were the station wagons of their day. They were able to traverse long distances with minimal water, which allowed trade and new trade routes to flourish.
1: Thanks,
0: Cam. Even
2: though they're nasty. They smell bad. They spit at you when you're 12 years old and you're at the fair, just minding your own business. <laughs> no, I they wonder, suck.
0: I wonder, I wonder if, if that, that ever that happen happened to you.
2: <laughs> no. No. Spit at you at the fair. No. When, if, you want, if you want to hear something funny, the, the thing that came out of my mouth after this uh, camel spit at me and just narrowly missed me with a big old wad of spit, I like dodged it. And I looked at the camel and I said, verbatim, to the camel, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I like that that's what came out of my mouth if at 12 years old <laughs>
1: when, Like I hope when my friends' right.
2: parents brought me to the big <laughs> e. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what the shit, like dude? Assaulted. Stick it to him.
1: Stick it to him. Oh, yeah. gosh.
2: So during this period of time, staying in one place for extended periods of time, sometimes, you know, lifetimes, generations, allows for the stockpiling of food. Again, these are people who are coming from a hunter-gatherer, get-your-hands-on-what-you-can culture. And now all of a sudden, we're developing grain houses where we're learning not just to store food, but to store food in such a manner to preserve it over long periods of time. So... We're really starting to master the world around us. Now, that ability to stockpile food not only comes the ability to feed large groups of people, but because there's no longer a need to hunt and forage daily, now there's a whole bunch of free time on people's hands. Now, it's still super ancient, so they're not exactly like just chilling. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, there's no Netflix. There's no Netflix and Netflix and chill. But... This is the period of time where because all of a sudden people don't have to fight and scratch and claw every second of their lives for survival, yeah. people begin to specialize in their labor. So there are artisans. These are people who got experts, who became experts, I should say, at crafting weapons and tools and things of the sort for their fellow community members. Mm-hmm. So now instead of being a person who needs to do everything to survive – now you're just an artisan. I'm a, I'm a knife maker. I'm a tool maker. Yeah. That's all I do. So for the first time, people are like getting careers right. for the first Very time. Very cool. So, I get, yeah. So, you know, farmers can just focus on growing food because there are people who only focus on trading. And the traders no longer in turn have to grow their own food. So there's just exponentially more time for people to focus on their one specialty. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: no, that's, that, that makes total sense.
2: So eventually, as the Middle East continues to dry up, as this period of time goes on, these farmers begin to spread outward to get out of that drought. They spread into Asia. They spread to Africa, into Europe. And of extreme importance here is the fact that they brought their animals and their farming techniques with them during this massive emigration from the Fertile Crescent. So... This emigration of people leaving the, essentially the Middle East, mm-hmm. this isn't the first time that human beings have left Africa, the Horn of Africa, or the Middle East and spread into Asia or Europe. That has already happened. Right. And that's really important because now these people are showing up into hunter gatherer like societies in Europe and in Asia, and they're bringing, you know oxen for plowing fields and showing, and and they can grow their own food. And they're completely now these techniques are starting to sweep around the world as we knew it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. Which is where things like written language would come in handy because instead of like passing it on verbally to be able to like leave a set of instructions.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? I know that's still in the the future. Yeah,
0: you need a visual. Have it written down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pic- draw little pictures, <laughs> little pics.
2: So, so, so to this point of the conversation. It's just like, wow, just, just sheer wonderment at all the things, like all of the success and all of the progress. And, right? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Here's something interesting. Ooh. And it's a good reminder for us these days as we live through our own, you know, technological revolution mm-hmm. of sorts, that progress isn't not that it's not always a good thing, right. it's that it, it's not a straight line and it doesn't come without its own residual downfalls. Mm. For instance, by and large, during this period of time in which we are harnessing the elements, growing more food than we can eat, trade is flourishing, language and culture are beginning to take root. At the same time, human health by and large takes a noticeable downturn oh, yeah. during this period. Spreading
0: disease, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that that's definitely part of it, but but think about the diet. Now, previously as nomadic people living on a somewhat sparse diet of animal protein and foraged berries and nuts, we were super fucking healthy. Yeah. Everybody was not only lean, but there wasn't enough food going around to overeat. And yeah. furthermore, the stuff that we were eating was like was pure animal protein food and berries. Ate. Yeah, it
0: would just like burn straight through us yeah. too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and we're getting all the nutrients we need without overdoing it. But the onset of agriculture makes humans of the time period increasingly dependent on grains, which leads to rampant malnutrition. Oh so it 's a carbohydrate heavy diet replacing a protein heavy diet and it, this is this is insane. This is maybe my favorite thing about the period, even though it 's like objectively a bad thing for human beings during this period of time. The average height of the average man and woman shrank from five foot ten for men and five foot six for women. To five foot five for men Whoa. Whoa. and five foot one for Jeez. women. It would take until the twentieth century for humans to reach their pre Neolithic height. No.
1: Wow. And that's, and that's crazy because they aunt-wise? they just made so much progress.
2: Twelve thousand years ago, twelve thousand <laughs> years ago, the average human male was five foot ten. And 200 years ago, the average male height was five foot six.
1: That is wow. insane that they regressed that much. We did all the work to evolve the
2: now, now, uh, in addition to the, the change in diet causing a reduction in height, it caused a reduction in life expectancy, an increase in infant mortality and infectious diseases, the development of chronic and degenerative diseases like obesity, type one diabetes, heart disease. There are multiple nutritional deficiencies that come about during this period, like anemia and mineral disorders, mm-hmm. like osteoporosis. Teeth start to decay for basically the first time. Wow. Cavities run rampant after it was not a problem for human beings previously. That's not to say that nobody ever had a tooth infection right. that happened. But systemic tooth decay was not a problem. You basically had to break a tooth pre-neolithic period to have that happen whereas now it's just happening because of malnutrition yeah our new lifestyle leads us to living in in a sedentary settlement around large piles of human waste and animal waste which are the perfect breeding grounds for contagious diseases we're regularly living with and interacting with our new domesticated animal friends. So now we're transmitting and spreading diseases from animals. Species. This is a Yeah, listen yeah. to what came about during the Neolithic Revolution. Smallpox, influenza, measles, the flu. These are all results Jeez. of this of this technological and agricultural boom. Wow. This massive spike in our cultural history leads to a massive setback in our overall health. Wow.
0: It's crazy. Wow.
2: Isn't that wild? It's totally
0: wild. wild. And it makes total sense, but it's just something I've never, ever thought of. (laughs) Me either.
1: That there was like, yeah, yeah, such a going backwards moment for us. Like I, wow.
2: Wow. Now, genetically and physiologically, we still have the bodies of hunter gatherers, mm-hmm. so, as a species, humans have been around for ten thousand generations. The human genus, so you know going back through Homo erectus, Homo habilis, Australopithecus, you know going back through that human genus has been around for more than a hundred thousand generations, and for all but the last six hundred generations, our ancestors were hunter gatherers. Mm-hmm. So So these bodies are still almost exclusively adapted to a hunter-gatherer way of life. Lots of exercise, diets rich in protein and fiber, low in saturated and fat and simple sugars, whereas the Joe diet currently (laughs) is me just like looking for any excuse to sit down for a long stretch of time where I eat foods teeming with saturated fats (laughs) and simple sugars. So... I thumb my nose at evolution.
1: I truly am with you.
2: (laughs) I'm almost done, I promise. So so from a socioeconomic standpoint, the downturn comes in regards to property, which is Mm -hmm. a concept that did not exist prior to the Neolithic Revolution. Right. All right, so this is the establishment of social and economic classes. Food surpluses made it possible for the development of a social elite who did not need to engage in agriculture or industry or war or commerce because they had monopolized the decision-making process. So previously, nomadic groups, semi-nomadic groups, had enjoyed a largely status-free existence. Alphas, leaders, they exist in every sphere of biology. Yeah. So it's not that we never had a tribal leader or anything like that before, but later in the neolithic we have the onset basically of rich assholes it's yeah. like the it's like the beginning the, douche. It's the beginning of the 1% yeah. yes the douche so it's it's people who own everything and thrive while everyone around them struggles because several generations previously an ancestor of theirs had done a good job planting wheat so now every future generation of asshole on that genealogical tree can just sit on their ass while everybody toils for their economic gain. Yeah. Fucking rude. So this is the very beginning of that. Fucking rude. Uh, it's also the <laughs> fucking rude. Just,
1: I'm trying to get in like the Boston mode because I'm going there. Fucking rude. Okay.
0: <laughs> fucking rude. Yeah.
2: So gender inequality also for the first time begins to run rampant in the Neolithic period. So, remember, specialized labor is becoming more commonplace. So, size and strength restrictions amongst the female population all but removed them from the most profitable of enterprises. Mm. So, it essentially relegates them to the bench. They're they're now just to the role of, you're a child birther, you're a caregiver, and you are, at most, a supplementary facet of local society. (sighs) Whereas, previously, in the hunter-gatherer society, women were relied on not everything. just as plant they were gatherers everything. and meat dressers and cleaners. But within the last 20 years or so, we've begun to learn more and more the role that early female homo sapiens played as big game hunters mm-hmm. as well. So there was virtually zero distinction among the genders previously. And now with the advent of governance and social classes. This is the beginning of where we start to see Great. women are less than.
1: This is when it broke apart. <sighs> so
0: well, and that's this the, is when it happens. Uh, we just talked about this, Lauren. I think like last week. I, well, I don't remember when it was, but it was when I I brought up to my mom. You know that there there's absolutely nothing wrong at all with being a stay at home mother. Yep. The problem comes when you are essentially controlled by your partner because in those days, I mean, and this is where the split happens because they are literally being fed by their partner. They're being provided. They have no agency. Uh Uh-huh. And then therefore, you know, have no power whatsoever. Exactly. That's when it's dangerous. It's wild. It's so So,
2: Yeah. So then, so lastly, from an ecological standpoint- You know, our taming of the land, deforestation, the need to both feed and protect our growing civilizations led to our, this is the beginning of our initial destruction of earth and our general inability to just live in harmony and in accordance with our surroundings. So that mass deforestation permanently destroyed habitats, um, which, you know, destroyed the wildlife living therein. So, because of our expansion and the evolution during this age, we directly contributed to the extinction of countless breeds of fauna, mm. countless yeah i mean like i i i can't i couldn't begin and finish a list of animals and creatures that we extinguished during this time period
0: yeah
2: dire wolves, american cave lions african okay, so they had lions in America. They had buffalo in Africa. So, they obviously god. don't exist anymore. Woolly mammoths, saber-toothed tigers, crowned eagles, giant deer, and llamas. There used to be beavers the size of bears that existed.
0: Oh my god, it is
2: crazy. So we we just we just wiped fucking everything from the face of the yeah, earth in true. this yeah, time period. Yeah, and
0: when you think of flora, even just like looking at a banana today and how it is nothing at. All like a banana was.
1: Yeah. Sure. When there were
0: first changed. bananas. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yep. even just like the way that we have changed the flora and fauna is wild.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Yeah. This changed. is actually. Wh- as as you bring up bananas, bananas were first domesticated and harvested during this time period hey. in Aww. in Southeast Asia.
1: Hello, bananas.
2: So I, this is this is the quick hitter section. Okay, this is just like little little tidbits of the first things because I wanted to end on a happy note. So these are the firsts: the first monumental temples of worship, as well as the first brick buildings, are built during this time period. Ah the The first evidence of expression through dance oh, happened during this obsessed time period, with that. as well as the first <laughs> artistic representation of sex. Oh. some pornography. Are you talking about like Kama Sutra? Huh?
1: Er, huh? Early, porn, early porn,
2: baby. Let's do it. Pre pre Kama Sutra. <laughs> uh, the domestication of cats happened during this Whoa. time period. Yay! Ooh. Thank God. That's that's the best thing that happened. We made the first wagons. We made the first board games, and we had the first 365-day solar calendar during this time period. We began growing cacao or chocolate for the first time. Mm. We began growing and harvesting tobacco, wine, opium. Unsurprisingly, when we started making tobacco, wine, and opium, we started making paintings of people's feet. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I was gonna it's say, this crazy how that sense. happened at the same time. And you gotta have chocolate. You gotta have chocolate to drizzle. I can't imagine. Oh,
2: that's after. <laughs> no, the, cho- the, cho- the chocolate's my cool down treat. <laughs> oh. So we start growing and harvesting cotton. We start developing and utilizing dyes to change the color of our garments and goods purely for aesthetic purposes during this period, because we are evolving beyond a simple need-based culture. Fashionistas. We develop... Coming out. Right? We develop, uh, as Tim Gunn would say, Neolithic period, make it work. <laughs>
1: Wait, why was that the best Tim Gunn impression I've ever heard? I'm sorry. Because he's watched a thousand episodes of Project Runway. Because
2: I have have probably seen 12 full seasons of Project (laughs) Runway. No, I
1: believe it. But man, people try to do Tim Gunn all the time. And that was special. I can't wait to hear it back. Anyway, continue.
2: Can I ask you a really quick non sequitur question? Taking in everything you know about me, about the things that I'm into, the wide swath of things that I am both interested and repulsed by, am I the strangest... Cisgendered man on the planet. <laughs>
1: yes, one thousand. Am I the
2: strangest heterosexual cisgendered white man on the planet? Yes. yes.
1: Love RuPaul's Drag I Race. I was just about to say I, like, I love I like that hockey, you love I like Drag fighting. Race. And I heard you got into <laughs> yep. Love Island, which like truly drivers. made me so happy. Oh, Joe. we I can't love. start on
2: Love Island. That's next step. That's next step. Okay, but <laughs> Joe, I'm gonna
1: have to text you on the side. But you have to start watching F Boy Island on HBO. It's also we gold. saw
2: the first season. Oh. It's not nearly as good as Love oh, no. Island UK. I am
1: not. Going comparing but season two was good and you have to watch it okay that's all i
2: I was i I saw f boy island first and i gotta say i'm pleasantly surprised with love island UK. it's amazing it's so good so just to finally wrap this shit up as i've been saying i'm gonna do for 15 Mm -hmm. minutes we, we developed mast and sail technology for ships, which is a big one, Huge. because this allows us to not only travel farther and more safely for purposes of commerce, but it serves as continuation of our somewhat newfound ability to use our brains to harness the natural elements around us as a means of scaling back on our own manual labor. Mm. We are starting to make the world an easier place for us to be. And then, um, you know, in addition to the advent of, you know, an official government or a governing body, which is, you know, probably a bad thing. <laughs> this this time period takes us right up to the beginning of the Bronze Age. Mm-hmm. So this period in time ends with us learning how to make bronze. Do either of you guys know how to make bronze? Uh, yes, yeah, I you do it in my spare a time. Bit actually, no.
0: it only takes
1: 15 minutes
2: you 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 melt down copper and tin.
1: Oh of yeah, uh, that's you didn't even give us a chance.
2: <laughs> yeah, you guys were right on you were hot on the trail. <laughs> we were. You guys were you so You
0: interrupted close. me when I was <laughs> saying.
2: Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Well, then that you get a point. You clearly were going to answer that correctly. I I jumped all over uh, cuz I'm just a do- I'm just a breathe. domineering man. So, yeah so so again, you know this is this is a period of time that takes us right into the Bronze Age, where we start making the strongest materials we had ever made to that point and ushering in um, Egypt and ancient Greece and Mesopotamia and all of these you know civilizations that we would recognize as being really human. the foundation of it was laid in the period of time just wow. before it, my favorite. The, agricultural. the agriculture. And how, how long was it? It started about twelve thousand years ago and it went until about thirty three hundred BC.
0: Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going I'm gonna be going a little bit further back. Oh. I'm going back to basically we're trying to answer the question. What was the start of it all? What was the spark? What was the thing that made us a different species, seemingly, than all the other species in the world? Like, why have another species sort of figured it out like we did? Mm, And I know that there's a lot of people out there who actually don't know much about this subject, especially if you're raised like I was in the Bible Belt or went to a private school. It's a Mm -hmm. touchy-touchy subject, but the proof is in the pudding, and the pudding is bones. So... (laughs) Most of what we know about the origin of humans comes from the research of paleoanthropologists, scientists who study human fossils. They can determine the age of fossils and study the bones and teeth. And from that, they can get a ton of information. And what we do know is that 10 to 12-ish million years ago, primates divided into two branches. One included species that led to us, modern humans, and the other led to the great apes, gorillas, chimpanzees, bonobos, and orangutans. So, but how did this initially happen? And that's where we aren't sure. We know physically why the species evolved differently because the great apes' ancestors remained in the forests and they lived in arboreal lifestyle, meaning they lived in trees. Mm-hmm. So, Their species kept the long swinging arms, they continued to be quadrupeds because they needed the foot grip in the trees, so they stayed on all fours. The other group, our group, our ancestors became terrestrial, so they moved out of the forest and lived on land, and eventually they didn't need the grippy toes and the long arms, and they also didn't need to walk around on all fours, and they started standing up. But interestingly, the group that moved to land also experienced massive brain growth, But again, why? And ever since we been faced with the idea of evolution we've been looking for what is known as the missing link which is you know we used to be one link between the great ape ancestors and our ancestors and the reality is there probably isn't one link and it's it's an entire fossil record that's tens of millions of years old and so much history that evolved us to where we are today and them to where they are today but again one thing that I wanted to talk about today is a, a theory as to why we gained what we know as higher consciousness and what animals do have consciousness, because consciousness isn't a matter of intelligence. It's not a matter, it's not a process of our brains. It's kind of a behavior controlled by the brain. It's seen as a combination of three components of animal behavior, communication, play, and the use of tools. But then what about empathy? What about objectivity? What about memory and emotional recall? These are things we're still trying to figure out. Why are we the only species that seems to exist this way? And obviously, this is where a lot of religious ideology comes in, the idea that God gave us consciousness or a soul or whatever, which, you know, that is one of the possibilities that a being gifted this ability to us, but it more than likely happened naturally. So you're left with the why. So one theory I want to touch on this is the grooviest consciousness theory. <laughs> far man, out, man. <laughs> far a out. man named Terence McKenna, who was an ethnobotanist and a mystic, who did a lot of experimenting with natural psychedelic plants, We're mostly magic with mushrooms.
1: McKenna. Woo! Love it. Woo! Obsessed.
0: <laughs> He came up with a theory known as the stoned ape theory, which, I love like, it. beautiful name. Perfect. <laughs> yes, the yes, perfect yes, yes. name for this theory. And he believed that psychedelic plants, specifically mushrooms, helped give human beings consciousness. And. His theories, his ideas weren't given much credence at all when he was alive. But these days, the study of psychedelic substances is happening on a much more scientific level. And now experts are starting to see exactly how incredible they can be for our brains. Seriously. I
2: could have told them that.
0: (laughs) Joe knows all about it. Uh, Yeah. Anyone who's done shrooms can tell you that they're great for the brain. But (laughs) I agree with this theory. For those of you who have not eaten magic mushrooms, I will explain a little bit to you about why. It all has to do with the active ingredient, which is psilocybin, which is converted into psilocin after ingestion. And psilocin is very similar in molecular structure to DMT, which is something produced naturally by our human body, although scientists still don't really know why. Um, And Lauren... We're definitely going to have a drugs episode because I have so much to say about DMT. <laughs>
1: Girl, I have so much to say about drugs.
0: <laughs> our brains on DMT look exactly like they do in REM sleep, which actually leads a lot of scientists to believe it's the naturally occurring DMT in our bodies that may produce dreams. But what psilocin does to our brains is quite incredible. First, it activates a serotonin receptor known as 5-HT2A, which is responsible for perception, mood, imagination, and a few other things. And these receptors are located in our cortex, the area of the brain associated with reasoning and rational thought, which evolved larger in humans than any other mammal. And that's where you get the... the um. You know, the psychedelic effects, if you will, the the tripping balls, mm-hmm. if you must. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so that's interesting when it comes to the evolution connection. But the real reason scientists are looking into psilocin as a possible trigger to evolution is that it temporarily blocks the default mode network in our brains.
2: Which is what, miserable? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the network network
2: that it temporarily disrupts is my network of misery. Not into anything.
0: No, it has nothing to do with mood, actually. It's a network of connected brain regions which allow us to think into the past and look into the future. So... When not being deliberately used, it acts as an information consolidation hub, basically taking our memories and thoughts and information. It's our self, which is also why when you do psychedelic drugs, you kind of lose that uh, ability to identify yourself. Makes sense. It's everything that makes us, us. And if that's, you know, still confusing, think of it as the brain's information highway. So yeah. what sin does is it disables one and sometimes more of the connector hubs temporarily blocking their function. And what that does is forces our brain to connect in other ways because the main integration center is shut down and parts of our brain that don't normally talk to each other all of a sudden have to start communicating. So literally parts of our brain are talking to other parts of our brain that have never spoken before. Oh my gosh. That
1: would be fascinating.
0: It's wild. And this causes a ton of neural pathways to not only light up in our brains, but to be born. So because brain cells that are formed during those connections between different brain regions, they stay in existence after the psilocin has worn off. We're literally, oh. you are literally creating brain cells. So you're just when opening you up these mushrooms.
1: communications in your brain.
0: Yeah. There are parts of our brain that have never, ever, ever before spoken to each other that when you eat psilocybin, they have to talk to each other. And so it creates neural Hmm. pathways. It lights up regions of the brain that have never actually even lit up before. And it literally creates brain cells. Okay. That's,
1: that's nuts.
0: It's absolutely crazy and the problem with saying this could have created consciousness even though it sounds pretty damn plausible is that we still can't say what consciousness is or where it exists in our brain or if it's even in the brain it could be in our knees but (laughs) (laughs) what it's definitely in the kneecap it could be in the kneecap There's, um, you know, a very popular theory that consciousness is actually a synergy of brain functions, multiple regions of our brains working together and the connections between them. Because human beings do have the most complex brain of any other creature. But we can't say that we always have because we don't have any old ass brains to, you know, examine. Like we have brain.
2: Speak for yourself. (laughs) We have brain.
0: (laughs) We have brain cavities. We can tell how big or small the human brain was but there's no actual the jelly's gone you know what i mean like the jellies and the jams like the actual brain is gone we can't actually and that's
2: what that's the good stuff and
0: that's the good shit so as we study psychedelics more and more i think we m- could find the answers we're looking for and i volunteer as tribute um Same. just putting that out there if any <laughs> How do we scientists <laughs> are listening to this um yeah and there's a lot of uh just to add on to this Joe when you were talking earlier about having these animals around for the first time and they're producing all this literal shit it's not only fertilizer it's the perfect place to grow shrooms I was gonna say, yeah. isn't it cow poop over a mushroom that gives it poop. that? Yeah. Yeah. It's so straight up cow poop. All these things are happening at the same time when we're starting to develop our brains, seemingly develop our brains into bigger, more complex systems.
2: It's wild. Wow. Yeah. I know I I know for a fact that there's that there are human ancestors who would regularly get high. I know that we found evidence of that. Like, totally. Because like I said during my segment, uh, opium mm-hmm. was uh, discovered during during my era. So, uh, so it would stand to reason that if people were, you know, doing all that R&D that I alluded to earlier, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if there's a lot to that.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, just... Things, naturally occurring, natu- Yeah, these are all naturally occurring thing. I'm not saying like you know, PCP is gonna possibly evolve yeah. our brains, but <laughs> sure, sure. these. Natu- you, wait, so you're so
2: you're telling me we weren't doing Molly a couple <laughs> yeah. million
0: years ago? <laughs> oh. Well, that is when we developed dance.
2: Oh, that's true. That's all right, the there's a the smoking gun right there. May it was the Molly. Doing
0: Molly. Where there's smoke, the there's the fire. Night. Yeah, I mean, it, it totally makes sense that you know, I I guarantee. Uh, well, I can't guarantee because I don't know shit about shit. But <laughs> it would be interesting to see what would happen if we were to give um, our our cousins, the great apes, if we were to give them psilocybin to right. see what it did to their brain function. And if yeah, it did exactly. actually advance their brain or just made them high. Like, there's no way to know. I know,
2: I know what would happen.
0: What? what? Monkey party? <laughs>
2: felony charges
0: <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna give it to him i'm talking about like scientists that have...
2: <laughs> i know what's happening lauren's doing seven to ten
1: you <laughs> know i'm sitting over here plotting like okay how do You're i like, get I, it into i the gotta zoo. find a monkey Let's go.
0: No. and i gotta find oh, some gosh. drugs gosh but anyways so that is my favorite evolution theory it that is honestly terrific. one of
1: the best ones
0: lauren you have some theories
1: that you have. Yeah, to share with us. I like. I really <laughs> mostly wanted to bring these to Joe because I yeah. think. I was
2: going to say, Lauren, how much is this about to piss me off?
1: Um, I don't think it's going to piss you off at all. Actually, I think Good. you're going to like really change your mind uh, about agree everything. Agree with everything. I, I
2: can't mean. wait. I can't wait. Let me hear it.
1: Okay, so yeah, I brought this specifically for Joe because I know he's like, he's very into anthropology. He knows a lot. And I just thought like, he's probably never heard of this theory. So I wanted to make sure that he heard about some alternative theories to evolution. When people look at evolution, you know, there is a lot of evidence there, but a couple of people who call themselves scientists say (laughs) that, you know, There's there's another way. There is something called creationism, and I really think we need to talk about it seriously. Yeah. So
0: I absolutely need to know more. Creationism.
1: Oh, I'm so sad. I can't see. If anyone's listening to
0: this, and you are a creationist, and you're like, are they laughing at us? How dare they? Just know that we are. We absolutely are. And
2: And also know that Lauren is like. A super devout Christian who totally <laughs> believes in all that good stuff, and she thinks you're dumb.
1: <laughs> I think you're horrible. Oh, I just wish I could have like been sitting next to Joe when I said the word creationism, but it's fine. That's, that's it's all. <laughs> I knew it
2: was coming. <laughs>
1: of my imagination. Okay, so creationism. God created everything, the entire yes. universe, out of absolutely nothing—just dust. And we are all results of God's hand. We are God's children made mm-hmm. from nothing. So biblical or young earth creationists believe that the story told in the book of Genesis, if any of you are Good familiar with um,
2: I personally prefer um early Exodus. Genesis. Oh. <laughs> early Genesis is my favorite because that's Revelation. back when Peter Gabriel was still oh in my the band. God. <laughs>
0: That actually really got me. I really should have seen like, that one coming. Where I is Joe going with and this? And I am ashamed of myself. Oh,
2: I have to give credit where it's due to my good friend Chris Thompson. I heard him say <laughs> that. Once, so.
1: uh, there's tears in my eyes. That really got me. Okay, so <laughs> Genesis, God's six-day creation of all mm-hmm. the damn things, is literally correct in the eyes of creationists. Like, we are taking it word for word. And do they word.
0: believe it's six days? Yes. Like, Monday,
1: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, like, he created okay. it. It was a miracle because God is God, and he can do anything that he wants. So, it is like, we are taking the words literally. There is no literally. other way around okay. it. That is the general creationist view. The earth is only a few thousand years old, mm-hmm. and uh, Adam was absolutely the first man, mm-hmm. and that is kind of the general overview. But then... There are old Earth creationists who believe that a creator made all that exists and it mm-hmm. was God, but they don't hold that the Genesis story is the literal history of their cre- of creation, that okay. they can accept fossils, they can accept any geological evidence for the age that. of Earth they're try they're giving us something they're like okay i'll i'll talk to you i can accept the age of earth as factual and i may or may not hold that god used the big bang in the creation of the universe they're trying to throw some science in just mm-hmm. to stay relevant
0: well i feel a little bit lucky in that sense you know i made the joke earlier about like being born in the bible belt and going to private school which yeah. i did
2: you have to, you really quick. I didn't say anything before. You have to make a differentiation between private school and the private Lutheran school. Yeah.
0: Right? yeah. True. Well, all the private schools where I come from are religious schools. There's no I know, like but private But all of school. the private schools where I come <laughs> from true. aren't. That's true. So, yeah. So that I went to a private true. Lutheran school in the Bible Belt and we were taught, you know, the story of Genesis. But I was very lucky in that. We were also taught about evolution. Mm -hmm. They would just explain that like, oh, you know, six days in the eyes of God is, you know, 60 million years in the eyes of human.
2: And I'll be honest with you. I have no problem with that. I really don't because then that is just people adhering to their own belief system yes. if, if if it's it's not a a it's not a deliberate and willful distortion of fact to fit a narrative yeah at that point it's just like well 6 days to god is nothing but to us it's millennia yes. i know how old the earth is i know that evolution is a thing that's like that's fucking good enough for me yeah, man yeah that's
0: that's and that's yeah. at least semi logical and i mean yeah. we just watch sandman for example and it oh, is really yes. fascinating to see uh someone try and contextualize what human behavior and what time even would be like to an infinite creature like a god mm-hmm. so that to me totally makes sense it's right. when i believe what you're going to talk about now when they start saying that like fossils you know aren't right. real or whatever and the they believe <laughs> like, totally. i don't know. It's, it's like insane.
1: that's that's why like this it's all so interesting because like I I mean, creationists in general, even when they claim to be on board with science, it's sort of like every every part that goes into it, it feels like they they try to pretend that they believe in science so they're not just shunned from the earth and can be a part of the conversation, but overall the belief can be a little dangerous. But I agree with everything you guys are saying, because I was also raised in a private religious school. I was raised Catholic, and I was told that, like, Genesis was real. That was the end of it. I was not as lucky as you, Ashley. Like, I did not know what evolution was until we moved and I went to public school. Wow. And I just remember thinking, like, what? Like, God didn't create everything? So... I always have had that struggle of religion and science, and I've said it so many times on this podcast where I'm like, "Why can't both exist? Like, why can it not be God Jim, created?" Jimmy
2: the world? Carter said that. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, President, the best Jimmy Carter, of
0: us, the
2: like, <laughs> like one of the more devout christians who ever lived mm-hmm. his whole life has just basically been like why does it have to be one or the other like right. why can't evolution be a tool of god and Seriously. i i mean not that it would matter to anyone whether or not i have a problem with their opinion or how <laughs> they live their life but but just personally like that's perfectly reasonable yeah in general mm-hmm. like full stop yeah. not just to me like you know that's that's a, a belief system bettering a human, and we're all the better for it. You know, totally. It, it's it it's just you know don't don't fucking lie about it. Also, as long as I have the mic for a second here, can I just say, if God really is an all powerful being, and it took six days to create Earth, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that that's not that impressive. <laughs>
1: Because he could have done it in like two.
2: I could make a really fucking rocking amusement park on Roller Coaster Tycoon in like 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Which is That's basically true. what creating Earth would be to God. Yeah. Right? I mean, it would be just like one powerful. big planetary. And when he first created it, it's not like there was cool shit around. There was nothing. Yeah. There was he really just. didn't give us much. Features. Just natural features. Not that impressive. Yep.
1: Well, there was anyway, one guy. Continue. There was Adam. Wow!
2: Congratulations, you made an empty fucking planet in six days as an all-powerful being. Wow. Adam
1: was okay. chilling. Um. Yes. Anyway, Lauren, so, back to no.
0: you. When when you say old creationists, is that what they're called, or is that do you mean like beginning?
1: Um. Yeah. No. These are the titles. There are young Earth creationists and okay, old okay. Earth creationists, and basically, okay. young Earth creationists are. Monsters, And uh, as you said before, when you were like, sorry if you're a creationist and we're laughing at you, yes, I did just call you a monster because you will not take anyone's (laughs) scientific evidence, no one else's opinion into account. Young earth creationists believe that the Bible is literal, that we have to take it for what it is, that the earth is not that old, that Adam was absolutely the first man, that we are created out of nothing, that there is no way. Was Adam White? Adam was white as, Ooh. like, it's, like, you just, you're taking it for, like, right. what you want it to be, basically, which mm-hmm. is just, it's just, it gets
2: gross. More than anything, it makes me sad. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's very it's, sad. More
2: than anything, it makes me sad, because I, I look at people who, who live their lives that way, and from the outside, to me, it looks like such a self-imposed prison.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I agree. It it just seems like what a
2: what a what a waste. Mm
1: -hmm. It's just not a way to live and not be open-minded anything.
0: Yeah. Explain more about them. Like what do they say about fossils? So
1: basically, I did kind of mention the old earth creationists will believe that fossils are real, and basically Mm -hmm. that, like, okay, we can get on board with some of this evolution because I still think that God created the earth and you know everything that we see but like i can believe that things can change and yeah that he, he has a plan like, he gave us like the mm-hmm. the woodwork like he gave us something but then the Ew. young the young earth creationists are the ones saying there is no way that organisms can have these changes that evolution is saying within okay. a species and like there's it has to be some sort of like crazy mutation that happens because we don't think like God would have created these things to ever change. Nothing could have been created and be called. Yes. It would be perfect. As soon as it hits. Just
2: like, uh, it would be perfect just like the female reproductive system. Couldn't possibly improve upon that in any way, we Shape could
1: or form. Do anything no, to just it.
2: just a just a flawless design. Ferrari eat your heart out. You 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 your your engineering has nothing on the constantly fucked up female reproductive system.
0: I've been exactly. to the doctor three times this year for know, my right? reproductive system so Lord, yeah nothing can ever go wrong
1: um, more times yeah. than my
0: car has been in the shop
1: yeah isn't that just a fun life we yeah need? and yeah so the belief is like a lower or simpler species could never just develop into this okay. higher or more complex species and actually even the old earth um creationists that from what I could find actually like kind of buy into that too. It's like, they more think it was a mutation and that like, Oh no, we're just like we're seeing these new creatures. God, he's changing things more so than in, it is like. In, oh.
2: in in a way, it is kind of a mutation. Yeah, they're it kind is. of right. It yeah. is a genetic mutation. It is, mutation. but they're not gradually thinking, over time. They're
1: just not thinking that like one species could evolve into another the way that sure, evolution has showed nope. us. They're more saying everything
2: like, just always stays the way that it yeah. is.
0: Fish are always fish.
1: God created these fish, and then along the way, it was like, oh, this new thing appeared, but that was just, like, part of the plan. Like, nothing evolved. This was just, like, a new thing. Like, I just, they don't think anything could evolve into that. So, procreationism Christians, back in the day, often attacked Darwinism when it first came to be, and even Mm -hmm. had it banned in U.S. schools in the early 1900s because they were so against it and couldn't believe that... Anybody would talk shit about God. They had to stand up for their man. But luckily, the science community fought back. And in 1925, a school teacher named John T. Scopes even had to stand trial for disobeying the ban and teaching evolution anyway, like Good the bad him. bitch that he was. So there were people who were absolutely like, no, we are so sick and tired of the Christians taking over everything. And I'm sorry, because again, even as Joe was saying, if you are a Christian and you are open minded and willing to, you know, take in these different beliefs, that is one thing. But at the time, Christians were just taking over everything and saying, like, if you don't believe exactly what the Bible says, you are incorrect and you're destroying the world. So for... These teachers to stand up and teach the science anyway was amazing. And then yeah. there was even a Pope. Pope Pius the Twelfth, I think. I know how to read Roman numerals. X
0: <laughs> XII. That's twelve. Yep.
1: Pope Pius the Twelfth was able to chill things out in nineteen fifty, helping the cause, because he declared that Darwinism does not have to interfere with creationism. Again, kind of going with what we're saying, it's like let them both be. He said they can both exist.
2: A person who had the ability to be like, why can't it be both? Yes. Why? Why did this does this argument doesn't have to be? You guys totally.
0: It's like that commercial about the um the taco shells. Por que no las dos? It's
2: just like that, <laughs> yeah. Ashley. The little girl. It's just like the commercial, the ubiquitous commercial about the taco shells.
0: Soft shell, hard shell. we las dos? We're knows what I'm about. talking about.
1: I will never forget that little girl. She's so cute.
0: So, por que
1: no las dos is exactly what the Pope said. He was like, hey, Darwinism, creationism, let's do it. He did insist, however, that every single creature's soul was definitely created by God, and there are no sure. debates on that one. So it's like, hey, he had to do. You his, know what? His Who's Catholic- to say to that was him. the small
2: print? He, he had to. He <laughs> yeah, had people to. Print. He had to please people yeah. over here. He had to please you, people. You over do there. the Catholic
1: thing. You put it out there. I get it.
2: Yeah, that last little bit was like when you watch a commercial in the 90s and it's like proof of purchase required at the very end of the commercial. <laughs> and it's like, for legal liability purposes, we snuck that one in when you were telling your mom that you had to have it. Battery's not included.
0: Oh, that is so real. But everything has a soul like, and that was made by God. It's like, science! Science
1: <laughs> and is you're real! Wrong. Listen to me! But everybody is created by God and we all have a soul. Yeah, that was him. But that's it, it worked. It It calmed people down for a little bit. And there are some progressive creationists out there. It's like, obviously, we see the There's very a intense people. And it's yeah, a spectrum, always a spectrum. The progressive ones have emerged over the years. And there is this belief called theistic evolution, which is sort of a combo of Darwinism and creationism. Theistic evolution believers say that God probably created the world, but the Bible never explained how God did it. So we must conclude that God (laughs) probably created the primary materials and the first living organisms appeared and then they evolved into what we see around today. So they are like, hey, science, we're here with you. But I still think it was God that started it all and he knew what he was doing with the blueprints and then everything else just took place. Totally acceptable belief. And they believe that-
2: A thousand percent.
1: They believe that Adam was the first man- But that he was not made from dust; he was made from some sort of hominid ape. So again, they're they're coming in with the evolution. So Adam, all right, okay. Adam started as a non-human creature, and then God intervened and made him a man. That is the belief, and it's like, all right,
2: kicking and screaming, but it's happening.
1: (laughs) You come here, little ape. We're gonna make you into a man, and there it is.
2: Hey, really quickly, can I can I just share my all-time favorite? quote regarding creationism yes yeah so once upon a time back in the 90s and uh, early 2000s there was a professional baseball player named Carl Everett and he was actually a really good player. He was an uh, African American guy went to a couple all star games, and for a brief and shining moment, he was on my beloved boston Red Sox oh. and I really liked him a lot and then I kept liking him, but he said some wild shit in his day <laughs> okay. and my my absolute favorite creationism slash Carl everett quote because he's got plenty of his own. he says quote, "The Bible never says anything about dinosaurs." <laughs> You can't say there were dinosaurs when you never saw them. Somebody actually saw Adam and Eve. No one ever saw a Tyrannosaurus. Ah,
0: uh, yes. Oh. All of those first-person accounts of Adam and Eve. I do recall. That is the best. <laughs> those
1: witnesses. Yep, 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 yep.
2: Carl Everett also said, "Gays being gay is wrong. Okay, okay. two women can't produce a baby. That's two well. men can't produce a baby, so it's not how it's supposed to be. I don't believe in gay marriages. I don't believe in being gay.
0: Hmm. Okay, so, Carl. Okay, well, he, thank So you. Carl
2: Everett was a really righteous dude. <laughs>
0: yeah, a really cool guy with really cool beliefs. My okay, God. anyway,
2: <laughs> a really a really awesome person."
0: Oh, we love Carl. Oh, boy. But wait, you never said. So we, we dig up fossils, right? Oh, yeah. They, Sorry, I didn't real talk things. about the fossils.
1: So, yeah, they think that the fossils make zero sense. Like, basically, they pull up fossils and they're like, okay, like, that shows a person. But then why does this one look so different that had to have been faked, basically? It's like we... Oh, so
0: they think that we planted all of them? Sort of. Yeah. It's like the,
1: again, the old earth and new earth kind of vary from each other where the old earth will sort of accept fossils. But also I was reading an article about how there's like an old earth creationism museum somewhere that put fake fossils out trying to prove something about a timeline. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, that's why I say they try to be the more progressive ones, but they're also still lying. But basically young earth... People are saying that the fossils are fake, that There's, the huge okay. gap in between them is showing that it's, like, a huge conspiracy and we shouldn't believe mm-hmm. any of it. Like, any, anything that we've been talking about today with, like, the gaps in fossil records and how much more they need to be studied is just feeding into the hands of creationists mm-hmm. who are saying that it's all fake and people are lying to us and the reason yeah. there isn't more okay. evidence is because... None of it is real, and because God doesn't want us to find these things. And the blah, thing is, is blah,
0: I would blah. love to know like what they think the reason behind faking something like that would be. But the problem is, they just they don't have an answer. Like, they don't have- no answer that they would have would satisfy me. So why would I even ask? But I know. And, like,
1: I was listening to a podcast about, like, two people who tried to infiltrate a creationist meeting to Mm -hmm. just genuinely learn more and, like, gather information. And they were saying, like, every question they asked just – it basically went unanswered with an over-explanation of, like, God wanted you to learn from this. Like, oh, why is there pain and suffering? God needs you to learn. Why is there malaria here? They have to learn before heaven. Why is there a dinosaur fossil? It's it's a
0: test God's to see if you believe you. Yeah. in I'm trying the okay. to throw you off the scent. Yeah. All right, fine. It just, okay, you like, can move on now. Yeah. I had to it know about like the there's,
1: there's just never any answer. And basically, right. they think it's all a lie. So, okay. then as we go up, we went up to the old Earth creationists and then theistic evolution. And now there is intelligent design. This belief in intelligent design holds that some things are just too complex to have evolved by chance. So instead of assuming we are just these improbable meat sacks and leaving it at that, we should start looking for the genius creator in the sky and try to learn more about mm-hmm. him. He is not called God in this situation, but there is something, a higher power somewhere, making Do complicated think creatures. they extraterrestrial? Yes, it could be okay. alien. Or it could be God. It's kind of this open-ended, like, I know right. there's a higher power. Who's to which say God isn't an alien? Totally. It's kind of where I fall, to be honest.
2: I can 100% get down with this. Yes. Absolutely. Oh,
1: totally. I feel like, again, I, I know I've talked about my faith journey on the podcast a lot. This is sort of where I am right now, to be honest, is intelligent design, because I used to be very involved in the church. I fell away from it, found a lot of issues with it, and I still hold this faith that there's a higher power, but I don't know that it's God and I yeah, I you kind struggle of struggle to think?
0: call it yes. God. Well, even yeah. um you think about uh, I love this part of the movie Prometheus. The very mm. beginning of the movie, Prometheus is an extraterrestrial who comes to Earth and essentially disintegrates his own body into a water source here. And from there, everything on this planet begins to grow like ever all the organic material like all the amphibians mammals fish like everything because of the sacrifice that, just
1: like jesus yeah, christ from that
0: dna <laughs> essentially and like that yeah. is something that absolutely could have happened on a planet is simply totally. that that a a ball a ball of goop was just <laughs> either came here on a meteorite <laughs> from another planet a lot of people think uh potentially mars Some debris from Mars came to Earth, and that's what kind of started life on Earth. Or something was brought here purposefully as like, this is a planet that can sustain life here. Right. Here
1: you go. Let's try
0: it.
2: As soon as you said ball of goop, (laughs) uh, I I, I, I instantly thought of... Harvey Weinstein. That funny? <laughs> oh, you said you said ball of goop, and involuntarily, ball, my brain big. went Harvey Weinstein. You well, <laughs> we do not
1: want to think about him creating. Okay,
0: Well, it, different kind you know,
1: of ball of goop. He he's a ball of goop. He's a he shitty he ball did. of
2: goop. But he thought he. Yeah,
1: true. I think there there could be a ball of goop who created everything. But basically, this belief in like just a higher being. There could be mm-hmm. this creator in the stars. And I do buy into it. However, I want to finish that sentence with saying, even though this is where I said I probably land in my belief system, I felt immediately sad because most Republican politicians also claim to buy into intelligent design so they can try to stay neutral. And they will not... Believe in evolution, but they still keep the Christians happy by saying the words like "higher power" and "intelligent design." Oh, Mitt Romney, okay. specifically, when he ran, loved to say he believed in intelligent design. So that makes me a little upset. And yeah, well, but what can well you, do?
2: you can't you can't be upset because of branding. People are going to use whatever they can I as a means know. to an end. So. Um, you can't. Yeah, it's. True. You don't have to be. You don't have to be anything. That's the cool thing. If you're listening to this, you don't have to be uh, a blank. You don't have to. Well, I believe in intelligent, or I, I believe in science, or you can just. You can just not. You can just be on the. You could just be on the breeze, man. You could just be <laughs> here, here for a good anything. time, not for a long time, my dude. Like, I'm just here to take it all in and be a good person.
0: Gosh, Unless yeah. you are a, a fervently religious person who believes in, you know, some sort of punishment or reward after death. As long as you're anything but that, you really can go your whole life going, I don't know, because totally. it's even even i think with most spirituality that doesn't matter like you're not supposed to figure it out mm-hmm. yeah there's no way yeah, like you're not supposed answers. to know no even with exactly. christianity you're not supposed to know you're supposed to believe no. that's why it's believing and yeah, not the, know the faith,
1: and faith. faith yes it's what you hold on to and, and i ain't got you it through the day <laughs> and you can pray for people you love yeah, and sure. that's what really counts yes I have to, I can't let this episode go. This is me okay. wrapping up, but I can't let the episode go by without mentioning good old Scientology. Uh-huh. Because. Yeah. Uh, we, now we're, we're talking sense. It. Shit.
2: Now we we're making sense.
1: We gotta end it on a uh, note. The movements, the mm-hmm. Scientology movements defining text on evolution is in L. Ron Hubbard's A History of Men, the greatest piece of literature. Oh, yes. I'm just kidding. Not even. But if you take this text literally from L. Ron Hubbard's A History of Man, it claims that we all evolved from birds to sloths and then to apes before spending a few thousand years as something called the Piltdown Man, who was not an ape but not a that human. Was, that
2: was disproven! That's a goddamn anthropological fraud! I've talked about Piltdown Man on this fucking podcast. It was oh, okay. a goddamn he fraud. How are people Wait, digging listen. shit listen! This is why we have flat earthers. This is why we have flat earthers.
0: Well, there you go. We
2: shouldn't be having these conversations anymore. (laughs) God damn it. So
1: the Piltdown Man was definitely (laughs) real. And the teeth of the Piltdown Man were enormous. And he took some bites of people. And that was the belief. But if you take (laughs) the book symbolically... It still argues that we are the product of an alien consciousness blown up with hydrogen bombs millions of years ago and left mm. to drift through one animal to another until we wound up here as we are as modern humans. Oh, and interesting. Since a load of animal memories got lodged into our heads through all of that, we now experience things like indecision, jealousy, and physically toothaches. We were talking about teeth earlier. Oh, okay. And that... Is why, because of the animals, and if you really want to fix it, if you're experiencing this, you can undergo some rigorous testing and incredibly expensive Mm -hmm. treatment at the Scientology Center nearest to you. And this is sponsored by Joe Oaks, and I just... He approves this message and Joe that's all approves I have to this
0: say. message. Joe you are know, you I'm, even with us? Okay, I'm,
2: there he I'm is. I'm going to say I'm going to say one final thing before <laughs> I say my goodbye, my eventual goodbye on this podcast. Sure. Uh-huh. The last thing I will say is as I get older, I I am trying to <clears throat> calm down a little bit. Really? I'm trying. To, yep. <laughs> are you? Yep. And I, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a better person Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to avoid doing things like making blanket statements in public forums like this one. But I, I I can, and I will keep vulgarities out of it just to further prove my point. So that being said, I can confidently say that if you are listening to this and you are a Scientologist, I think that you are a creep. And I don't like you, and we'll leave it at that.
0: That's oh. fair. I think that's fair. I think that's, that is a, fair, it's a totally fair. I think, I fair think
2: you're. I think you're creepy. I think everything about you <laughs> you're is creepy, creepy. Creepy creep. I Vincent Gallo said it best. You're a creepy, creepy creep. And I just <laughs> Been think around. that you're, you are just and a, you're a creeping around the world. Creepy, creepy creep.
1: Oh. Joe, I just, so I, I mean, literally the moment we came up with this topic, Ashley and I were like, well, we have to piss off Joe in some way. And I couldn't do it with Paul and McCartney you saved it for again, last. So and you yeah, saved it course. for last.
2: Yep. We had to God save Goddamn, Goddamn Piltdown, theories. man.
1: Goddamn and our sign man. off oh, this I'm week so is that paul mccartney is <laughs> <It's> dead
0: Dead. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually all the time we have this week for keep it weird thank you everyone so much for joining us as usual and thank you so much joe for coming on and chatting about evolution Woo! we always love having you on the show to add your opinions which are always very calm cool and collected. You did really good. You actually didn't you blow did. your top until like the very end and I'm really The Piltdown man really got The Piltdown really man really sent him over the edge and I'm sorry.
2: That was the handful of sand in my eyes after I, I acted like a gentleman. That was a I'm sorry. That was a, a Jade's trick as Shakespeare would say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Joe. We really 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 love you and and I know Always always love you too
2: always we'll fun. have you
0: on again um probably in the fall i think we're gonna have to tell you some scary stories again uh, according to what our listeners want so oh my gosh yes it was the <laughs> best episode of last i
2: am i am the people's champion so you yeah. gotta give the people what they want
0: so. <laughs> join us next week for even more evolution chat where lauren and i are going to take a look at our still evolving human bodies and theorize what we may end up looking like in the future <laughs> Ooh. make sure you check out our patreon and donate if you can we love doing this show and we'd love to keep doing this show but we can't do that without you so head over to www.patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast that's where you can find ways to support us financially but you can also support us by buying some merch at keep it weird slash cool stuff cool, cool stuff, stuff in that merch shop. very <laughs> cool cool
2: stuff. Stuff. cool stuff cool stuff
0: cool stuff, cool stuff. You can rate our show on iTunes. You can follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast. And even just by telling your friends to listen to us and promoting us online whenever you get the chance, every little thing will help a small indie show like ours. And we appreciate it and you so much. Much, Joe. You
2: are being conscribed into the Keep It Weird <laughs> army. Just keep everyone picture me. Dre- I'm I'm dressed as Uncle Sam and I'm pointing my <laughs> my index finger at you. We need you. We need you. Join the ranks.
0: Join the ranks. Is that our sign off this week, Joe?
2: Join the ranks. Man up.
0: <laughs> Man up. Join Keep It Weird's exclusive club at patreon.com. And, and keep, keep it, it Keep It Weird. weird.
2: Keep it weird. Are we still rolling? Keep it weird. Yeah. With air to spare. All right, I'm here.
0: That was a smooch. I heard it twice.